This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Into HUFC chat, and this episode is going to cover retain list and a look at our dream 11 from 2010 to 2019. I have Jordan Richardson, Adam Davison, and Tom Morris joining me as we give you the rundown of our players to retain from this season, with a look at recruitment as well on the agenda. Before I start this podcast, I want to give a massive shout out and best wishes to the man who has served HFC so well for the last 18 years with everything that he has committed to the club in the media department. Mark Simpson, cheers mate. We wish you all the best on behalf of all fans at Pools and just a big thank you for everything that you did in your time, providing so many amazing commentaries and much more high quality content. I think I can say this on behalf of all of us, that we do hope you carry on to have a successful career with wherever the path takes you now, and you'll always be welcome back at Victoria Park. Now into the content for this week. Thanks for joining me, lads. Um, I believe, Tom, that you're going to talk us through the current goalkeeper situation at Pools. Hi, mate, yeah. Um, so looking at, the, looking at the goalkeepers, I definitely think this is an area that we will need to recruit in, if possible, over the summer. When I look at our options there at the minute, so we used a few goalkeepers this season throughout the the different fixtures, the friendlies and the and, and the cup the cup fixtures as well. And um, obviously the main two have been Ben Killip and um, and Mitchell Beanie. Both I'm not massively um, confident with, if if I'm honest. Hence hence I think we could use some recruitment in that department. I think Killip has been a little bit better since. Since he was given that spell out of the side um, by by Challoner um, at the beginning of the year, I think he, yeah he has come back and performed a bit better. Um, I, I, I can't dispute the he, he definitely he definitely shows sign of signs of potential. However, and mm. as I say, I never feel all that confident with him between the sticks. And to be honest, the same goes for for Beanie really. I I, I don't think that he's uh, the worst keeper in the world. However, I just think in terms of where we where we are at the minute and where we're looking to go, i.e. the top of the division, I think we really could do with somebody stronger in that, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think confidence is playing a part in um, in the performances from both keepers? Um, do you think that's influencing why they're not reaching the potential? I do, to be honest. Um, I think you look at Killip came in from Braintree at the, the beginning of the season and um, I think he possibly wasn't used to Playing in front of the bigger crowds and the the the, the we the we get and I think I don't remember who it was and I'm sure somebody from the management team had had referenced a similar comment to be honest and said something along the lines of that and they thought that uh, that they'd struggled because of that as well. I think I think Beanie as well he's not all that experienced, uh, particularly not at, the, at this level. So I think yeah I definitely think confidence comes into it, which at the end of the day confidence is 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 very very much key. When it comes to that position, so 
I think we've been blessed with some of the goalkeepers we've had over the last few years. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I, I really think that we need somebody a bit stronger between the sticks for, for, for going forward, particularly if we want to be challenging at the top of the division. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on that one. I think it'd be brilliant if we could bring another keeper in um, with a bit more experience who would be able to challenge Killip and push him further because I do think that run that he had out of the side did do him some good when he came back. He seemed seemed to be a lot more stronger and confident in his game. I have to agree. I just think, though, that in terms of, as I say, where, where we are and where we're looking to go, I don't think we really have the time to... To, to wait for him to develop and to, to help him develop. I, th- I think we really need some a bit of a, a, a more um, short-term fix, really, and uh, somebody who can come in and make an impact and be a bit more reliable straight away because, sadly, Killip and I think Beanie as well both made quite a few errors this season. Mm. So, yeah, basically my summary on those two would be to release them both, I think. I think Killip's under contract for another year from, from what I hear. Um, so we might be a bit stuck with that, but um, the, the answer could be then to maybe to to get rid of Beanie and then to bring somebody who's gonna maybe 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 as number one, but then hopefully that will push Killip and, and and help him develop as well a little bit. Um, so that would definitely be my approach to to that area of the field. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. Davo, what are you thinking on the defender situation at the club, mate? Yeah, uh, I just want to start with the players that I'd like to see um, beyond this campaign. Um, firstly, Mark Kitchen, who we all know has got a lot of ability going forward and has the habit of causing teams lots of problems when emerging down that left-hand side. However, for me, he has got a defensive frailty, which we've seen quite regularly for me since he signed here. For me, he's been exploited by opposing teams quite frequently over his time here. Mm. Uh, but, but nevertheless, I would like to see him here because of what he offers. Uh, secondly, Myers Anderson. He's made 40 appearances since signed here in 2018. Hasn't been a regular name in the size. Mm. But I think with Myers Anderson, what you see is what you get. Plays for the cause, putting put his, put his body on the line. Obviously, yeah. infamously got that injury. Uh, lost his front two teeth which tells you everything you need to know for me personally and thirdly Aaron Cunningham who I feel for immensely um, his career which has barely even started has been dictated to largely by injury um, we have seen snippets of him this season and I have been impressed from what he's offers we've seen little snippets he's calm composed on the ball and has a lot of confidence and isn't scared to drive forward. Yeah. And I think someone, he is someone with the club going through periods now pushing for that promotion. I think he is someone who could grow with the club. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got the three loan players who have been signed this season. Southern Hills, Gary Little and Odisuna. Now, I'd love to see them all back at Victoria Park next season. But obviously, being realistic... That will be dictated to by budget and availability. So, uh, the place to release, I have said Fraser Kerr, Michael Rains, and Kenton Richardson. Uh-huh. Fraser Kerr for me hasn't really got going in a pull shares. Haven't really seen him at his best. And I just think now we're at a time of in our club history now to get promotion I just think we haven't got time really to be looking about it so for me it's I think it's that time to just cut our losses and they say well Michael Reigns you know he's getting on now in his career in age and I just think again our lawyer is a leader very vocal at the back I just think it's it's again time to cut our losses in let him go and lastly Kent Richardson who I don't see being our full-time right back especially especially if hypothetically we do get some hills back on a permanent deal and obviously Ryan Donaldson quite a versatile player who's played at right back and played there comfortably so yeah in, term, in terms of Ryan Donaldson would you prefer to see him at right back 
than instead of in midfield? What's your preference on that? No, definitely not. I think he's, he's more effective in a more attacking role. But obviously, if needed, he is versatile enough to play at right back and he's played there comfortably enough. Mm. No, fair enough. I have the task of looking at the current midfielder situation at Pools. As you can imagine, there are quite a few names to get through, as we're certainly not short of them. I'm going to start with the key players we need to keep and then work my way on from there. Uh, firstly, Gavin Houlihan, obviously, he's just signed a fresh deal. Um, he's dynamic, fast, reads the game very well. I can't really think of any of any cons with him. Nicky Featherston has been a different player under Dave Chaloner, controlling the play, working back to win the ball. Defo, a new contract, if it is possible and if needed. I don't know what his current contract situation is. He's an instrumental player for me and uh, we definitely need to ret- retain him. Um, Mark Shelton, obviously in on loan, um, he's been a different class, a quality player who brings so much to the team. Hopefully we'll manage to complete a deal for him. I know when he initially came in, he was perhaps a bit lacking match sharpness, but he's certainly scrubbed up on that. And he's been one of the key players in the recent run we've been on. Uh, Luke Molyneux, shame we haven't seen much of him at all since the permanent deal he signed. There's lots of potential there. And uh, just when seeing him, he recently needs to get just get back to full match fitness and beating his man again. So, uh, a strong, bullish midfielder who has shown his potential, especially at Notts County away, where he had arguably his best game in blue and white. And also Chesterfield away was another one to add to that list. However, he has been very hit and miss and quite inconsistent for me. I'm not sure we should keep hold of him. I'll open this one up to you, lads. Uh, perhaps you could give me your view, Jordan. Yeah, Um so yeah, as you said there, he has shown potential. Um, he's strong, he's bullish. Um, for me, if we if we did lose Gus, it'd be uh, our loss and another team's gain. Um, last season for Salford, he was he was instrumental in helping them get promoted. Um, and obviously he came here with with uh, well, it, it, it was one of our signs in the summer at the time. I think Adam Vergoff in the um, in the uh, National League paper, the non-league paper, he said it was uh, one of the signings of the summer in the whole league. So he's definitely got something about him. We have seen that he's got um, that quality, uh, as we've seen at North County away and also Chesterfield. Um, there obviously have been question marks as to where he wants to play. I mean, I see him as more of a, a defensive, defensive-minded midfielder. Does he get in ahead of Featherston? Not for me. Um, and obviously there's questions about whether he could play further forward. He did that at Chesterfield, but ever since that Chesterfield game, he's not really he's not really shown anything. As you say, there is inconsistency in his game. Perhaps he just needs a run on the side. Um, mm. for, for all we know, what, maybe the, the Dover incident really affected him because I think, well, all that be, that was at September and he had those games later on in the year. Uh, we don't know what's going through his head, whether he wants to stay or not. Um but you know, for me, I, I do like Gus. I think even in terms of squad depth, he'd be worth keeping. Um, and he, he's shown enough for me for me to think, you know what, let's give him another try next season. Um, but obviously, that's not our decision to make. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see Gus here next season. Perfect. Thanks for that. Now, Josh Hawks, no doubt he has talent, and we get to see glimpses of this quite often. However, despite lack of chances, when he has been brought on, he hasn't been at his best recently. Perhaps he just needs more game time. Um, I would give him another season, potentially, because he has stuck by the club when he could have left um, with the performances that he has been putting in. And clearly he's a talented asset when the best is brought out with him. Uh, brought out of him. Davo, what do you think about this? Well, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, he's no doubt a clearly gifted technical player. But I think, as you've said, he, he, he hasn't had that regular spot in the, in the starting eleven. Would a launch spell boost his confidence? Possibly. Um, obviously, pre-season, he's shown great time, scored some really good goals. Yeah, granted, they were against lower opposition teams, but I'd definitely, definitely keep him. If you get rid of him, it'd be someone else's gain. He could go on and do big things. At this point, mm. I think we can't afford to be getting rid of players like that. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Right, on to the last three midfielders. Um, Jason Kennedy, definitely released for me. Scored against the Oval, yes, but other than that, he's passed it. Uh, puffing early on, doesn't really add much to the team, doesn't really fit into Challenge's style of play and won't get close to the current midfield, in my opinion. Then there's Adam Bale. I feel sorry for the young lad, but he just hasn't been given a chance to show his worth. He's also clearly 
not anywhere near the level of the current team um, as of this moment. Shame, but for me, he has to go. And finally, Luke Williams. For me, absolutely good for the lad. There's been a lot of scepticism about whether he is injured or not. Um, however, given his clear track record with injuries, it was a big risk to take. Had it paid off, we were looking at potentially the best player in the National League, but he'd, he'd never been able to make his mark. Um, can't, we can't keep him at the club, unfortunately. Um, if it wasn't for his injuries, he would have been much higher up the football pyramid. Release for me, and I think we'd all agree with that. Now, to finish up on the review of the current team, Jordan, you looked at the front men. If you could give us your views on this and who or what type of forward we need to recruit going forward. Obviously, I'll start with um, the guy we have on loan in, in Rob Harker. Um, obviously, he played a couple of games for us now. Um, it's, it's, it's been a choice between him and um, Aidan Keener. Um, Leading the line, I like I like Harker. He's a good focal point. Um, his height and his stature um, really help out a lot for us because, you know, he's he's that out ball that we've we probably missed this season. I think most clubs in our division probably um, would like a striker like Harker. who's quite tall, physical, strong. Um, but alongside those attributes he has, he, he's also he, he's got quite a lot of energy. So I think that that might suit into what what Chandler's trying to build for next season in terms of that. That pressing game, obviously he's got those those pressing strikers in Keener and Luke James, so um, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably keep holding them. Um, but I'll come on to them as well. But yeah, Harker. I mean, although he's not really he's not really scored yet, but the performances have been there. Uh, he looks to be a real team player, and if we could get hold of him, um, by all means, I'd like to see him sign permanently. So um, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see how that that develops in the summer. Um, moving on to uh, Nico Muir. Now, obviously, this is coming to the end of his second season um, contracted, so I'm assuming they'd probably be out of contract um, in the summer. Um, he hit the ground running really well with those goals against Harrogate. He scored away at Braintree. Um, and then we had a little bit of dip in form around October, November time when obviously Matty Bates got sacked. And then he, he really struggled to find his, his way back into the team. Um Maybe confidence is is knocked slightly um, because he did look to be. He always got in the right positions. He knew where to be in the box. He, he could finish, and, and that's when he was he was a bit confident in those in those first few games last season. We've not really seen a lot since then. Obviously, he scored at Maidenhead um, back in August. Um, he went. He's been out on loan, two loan spells, Hampton and Richmond, I believe it is now. Um, he's doing pretty well there. To be honest, I think. We, we probably should be looking at our losses. As I say, he's not really, he's not really done a lot for us. Um, and to be fair, I think he'd be more suited down south in a, in a lower division as well. Um, so for for Nico, you know, he, he always grafted, he always gave 110 percent, but he just didn't have that that, that quality when he, he wasn't that sort of player you could go to when things weren't going your way. He didn't have that bit of magic. Um, so I'd probably get rid of rid of Nico on that one. Uh, moving on, Jimmy Toure. I'm a massive fan of Jimmy Toure. Um I think his goals and assists speak for themselves. I'd love to know where we'd be if uh, if he hadn't if he hadn't had that purple patch at the start of the season. Um, interesting one this because obviously how he's performed this season. I know he's had a couple of, of, of games where he's he's not been brilliant. Uh, maybe tried too hard. Um, it'd be interesting to see who else is looking at him. Um, because obviously we know a few months ago that his, his agent was touting him all over social media and you don't know whether that's his agent trying to get him a bit more money or himself a bit more more cash along the way. You, you just don't know. But um, a good signing from Hignett in the first place. Um, there was question marks over over how how things would work with Chandler coming in. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Jimmy. He, he's exciting to watch. He gives you something to cling on to. Um he absolutely takes a Mickey out of full-backs and defenders, and he he's another he's another out ball for us. You, you can see that the players try and get the ball to him to to spark a bit of magic in and around the the penalty area. Um, so for me, I think it'd be absolutely essential. You can't lose his goals or his contribution to the team. You've got to you keep hold of your best players, and for me, Jimmy's one of our best players. So I'd love to see him um, back next season. Um, we've got Luke James now, being very unfortunate with injuries this season. Um, I was very critical of him last season when he first signed. Perhaps he's a little bit too unselfish. He drifts into channels quite often um, to help his teammates when he really should be picking up the. Um, as a striker, he should be he should be in and around the six yard box looking to, to get onto um, to crosses or little bits uh, mistakes from defenders to, to try and score. 
Um, but yeah, I did notice a tendency that he likes to drift off into the channels. He works hard, and you can't replace that on the team. He's got a great attitude. He works hard, um, and one of the things for me is that obviously once when when Hignett went, he he hit a purple patch um, under under Sweeney in caretaker charge, and then Chalner came and he he, he hit the ground running. Um, with Chalner until that injury, and that's why I say he was unfortunate because it'd be interesting to see how we would have how we would have fared for the rest of the season under under Chalner. Um, mm. But I think he he absolutely suits Chalner's game to a T. You know, he, he's energetic. He, he presses defenders really well. Um, and I, I know Chalner's really big on run statistics. So I think he'd um, I think it's gonna it's gonna go well together. A good partnership and hand in hand together. So yeah, I'd keep Luke James as well. Um, Hopefully we can start to see him get a few more goals next season, uh, whenever whenever it does start. Uh, finally, Aidan Keener, you know he signed from Hart in January. Um, again, it's another interesting one. I think he'll be in contract for. I think he may have signed an eighteen-month contract. Um, but it sounds like he's got a, the bit between his teeth really. Like he's got a point to prove. You know, some of it didn't really work out when the new manager came in um, at Hearts. Found himself out of favour. Was told he could leave. He's came to us. And to be fair, he's, he's impressed with us. Obviously, he's he's got that knack of scoring goals. He knows where to be. His his two goals for the club have been in, in and around the six yard box, which is, you know, if you can if you can get on the goals like that, if you can get in the right areas, you can get like seven to ten a season just from being in the right area. So, um, I'd like to see how we get on with a full season. You know, he's um, again similar to Luke James, works really hard, presses defenders, puts them under pressure. Um, and you know, for his stature as well, he, he looks really skinny, but he, he, he's quite strong as well. So I was quite impressed with that. Um, so Aidan Keane, I definitely, I definitely keep hold of. But in terms of obviously what we've got at the moment, I'd still like to see. I know they're hard to come by, but we need a striker that's going to score 18 to 20 goals a season if we've got any real ambitions of getting out of this league. Because you know, it's it's really tricky as it is. And if you're not scoring goals and you're having games where you, you you're struggling, then Wins are going to be hard to come by, never mind goals. So yeah, I think I think obviously Chandler's got good contacts. Um, if I could have a, a pick at the bunch of um, of any of his old his old players he managed, obviously Danny Rose went to Oldham, but I'd probably look at signing Kurt Willoughby from Files. Um, obviously he was great last season. I think he was at FC United in Manchester. Um, mm-hmm. Signed for Files. Uh, obviously didn't have the best start. Chandler got sacked, and I think he went on on loan to York. Scored a few goals at York and now he's back at Fylde. So yeah, if I was to look at signing anybody, I think we should. I think he'd be one I'd be looking to get in. Perfect. I mean, who for you out of the current selection of strikers that we have at the club, who is the one that we need to keep the most, excluding Keener, who's obviously under contract. Uh, for me, that will be between Luke James and Tiri. They're, they're very different. I think obviously Luke James is more of a team player, where Jimmy Tiri. You know he's confident in his ability, um, and obviously this this helps him when he's in front of goal and whatnot. Out of the two, I'd probably lean towards Jimmy Tiare just because, you know, the goals, that bit of magic. Whenever he gets on the ball, he's excitable, and you can just look at him and what he does to defenders. Defenders, they don't want to dive in. They don't know what to do when he's got the ball at his feet. So, you know, it's it's nice to to go at the match and have something to look forward to. When you see Jimmy's in the team, you you definitely you, you, well. I think it's spoken for itself. I think when it, he's a bit of a cool hero, isn't he? The, the fans all shout Jimmy when he's uh, when he's done something quite well. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely keep hold of Jimmy too. Uh. Thank you very much for that. Now the series and main part of the podcast is over. We thought we'd have a bit of fun and do our team of the decade. Right, let's see what we've got. We're all going to suggest a player for each position, which will go to a vote before we give a final eleven at the end. We've gone with standard four four two formation, and the players will have featured for pools during the years of twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Goal. I went with Trevor Carson, and that's just. It was between him and Scott Loach, but for me, Trevor was just no one else could get in front of him. Um, if I could have yours, please. Yeah, for me, Trevor Carson as well. Uh, I was a big, big fan of fan of his when he was at the club. I think, as I as I mentioned in my earlier piece on the uh, on the on the podcast, we've had some great goalkeepers in the last 10, 15 years or so, and um, he's definitely been one of the best. Again. Loach, great goalkeeper as well, and um, similar to Carson Sudwood to see to see him go. But um, yeah, no, 
basically, I'd say Carson just edges it for me and yeah. uh, has my vote. Perfect. Davo? Well, repeatedly, we've had some good keepers over the last 10, 15 years. But for me, I've gone with Scott Flinders. I just, on a personal thought, I just didn't think he got the recognition and the credit sometimes he deserved. So, yeah. And then Jordan, can I have yours, please? Yeah, um, obviously I'd, I'd agree with, with obviously Jack and, and Tom on this with, with Trevor Carson. However, um, yeah, just a, a, f- a few shout-outs to the likes of uh, Scott Lorch and also Scott Flinders. I, I, I agree with, with Adam in the sense that um, I think he was a bit underrated, especially towards the end of his, um, his, his tenure at Bulls. I think he was a great servant. But in terms of, of, of ability, uh, Trevor Carson all day... Um, mm. Two reasons for me. One, how agile he was. You know, he wasn't the tallest, but he he, he, he could definitely serve anything. Um, and his distribution was second and on. Absolutely class. Perfect. Right, on to the defence. At the right back, I've got the magic man, Peter Chioso. For me, I haven't seen a defender like that, the Vic, for quite some time. He was just read the game well, just went for everything and was just a really solid right back. Um, if I can have yours, please, Tom. Yeah, I have to agree with there, Jack. Uh, Kioso gets gets my vote. I I loved seeing him play at the the Vic uh, for, the, for the 18 months that, that we had him prior to him going. I think everybody accepted from quite an early stage that he was destined to to move on to to great things. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was no surprise when he when he did get his move to the championship. And yeah, I, I, again, I say I just really enjoyed seeing him play during that time and the way he'd fly into tackles and. I think I think when he originally signed, he looked like a great player. But even in that that 18 month period, he he progressed a lot and came on a lot. So sadly, it was uh, no surprise to see him go. But um, yeah, Peter Kioso for me definitely. Davo, who are you going for, mate? Again, it was another difficult one. I had three in mind, but I have gone with Neil Austin. Uh, as you've just said about Peter Kioso, he was at, he's arguably one of the best one-on-one defenders I think we've possibly had at the club. So, and I also thought of Michael Duckworth, somewhat yeah. part, very similar to Kioso, but for me, it, it is Neil Austin. And then, um, Jordan, can I have yours, please? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go for Kioso as well. Um, a great talent. He, he's destined to have a big future in the game. And, um, you know, we, we wish him well. Hopefully, he can get in that team in, in at Luton when the season starts again and he can really kick on. Yeah, definitely. Right, across to left-back, I've chosen one of my favourites for when I was growing up watching them, uh, Evan Horwood. I think he had such a wonderful left foot. He put some brilliant balls in for the front line and it's something that, we again, we've lacked for quite some time. I mean, Kitch is good at getting forward, um, but his delivery is was just second to none from Evan. So I've gone for him at left-back. Can I have yours, please, um, Tom? Yeah, again, Jack, I've uh, gone with the, the same player as you in that position. I've gone with Evan Horwood. And I was saying earlier that I think we've been quite blessed with goalkeepers that we've had in the last 10 years or so. I think the left-back position's been a little more challenging in terms of getting a good player in, in that position. Um, however, that's not to take anything away from Evan Horwood. And as you say, Particularly um, when he first came to the club, um, I think he, he, he was a, he was a really, really effective player. Not only from a defensive point of view, but going forward as well. As I recall him getting again a lot of assists from uh, crosses, whipping him from that left side. So yeah, no, I I think I'd I'd really like to to see somebody like somebody like that again at the club now. Um, but yeah, no, definitely for the last ten years, I'd say he's the best left back we've had. So uh, he takes my vote. Perfect, thank you. Devo, who are you going for? Same as you too, I've gone for Evan Horwood. I, I, as you've just covered there, worked wonders on the left-hand side, especially with Andy Monkhouse in front of him. Knew how to whip in a ball. Simple. Perfect. And then, Jordan, can I have your left-back of choice, please? Yep. Um I went for a slightly left field choice here with, um, well, pardon the pun on that one as well. <laughs> I've gone for Neil Austin. Um, and obviously he was predominantly right-sided. He was a, he was a right-back, but um, I've chosen him as left-back because of his stint there. As, in that great escape season, he was he was brilliant for us. Um, great, a great asset in that season. 
Um, so Neil Austin for me. However, um, can anyone remember when Nicky Demidic had that stint at left back? How good he was. Yeah, he was. He was a solid. He scored that free kick against Tranmere, didn't he? If he played there, if he played there for for a longer time, I think he he might have changed my mind a little bit now. But great Neil Austin, great servant of the club, um, especially that great escape season. So that's why I've got him at left back for me. Perfect. Right, moving on to the centre halves. Then my two centre halves of choice. I've got Peter Hartley and Jack Baldwin. And um, Tom, if you can give me yours, please. Yep. Yeah, so. I've got one of those two in in my team. So I've got Jack Baldwin. I really, really enjoyed watching him play. He's one of my favourite players, I'd say, from the last 10 years or so. He just had that bit of class to him. I I thought he could fly into a a challenge. And, um, yeah, he'd often crunch the opponent, but always come out winning the ball. He just, yeah, could time a tackle so well um, and just, just always looked so comfortable on the ball, could bring it out from the back and... He also played a few games in midfield as well because he was he was able to use the ball and pass the ball well. I, I I'm really surprised that he hasn't gone on to to high um, Salford and, and League Two. To be honest, uh, I thought he was destined for for really great things, um, but uh, hopefully he might still be able to push on a bit a bit higher than there. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed um, his time at the Vic. So uh, alongside him, I've put. Sam Collins, um, so Sam, I think, was a, a really good servant to the club, uh, totted up a, a lot of appearances and um, was was usually a, a, a solid centre-half for us. Um, he also did his did his bit in terms of filling his caretaker once or twice as well. And, uh, yeah, he just I think he was, I say, an all-round all uh, sort of good guy and good servant to the club over the, over the time he was with us. So, um, yeah, Baldwin and Collins for me. Perfect. Thank you for that. And um, Davo, who are you going for, mate? The same as you. I've gone for Peter Hartley and Jack Baldwin. Um, Jack Baldwin, he was a brilliant, young, energetic centre-half and deservedly got that big money move to Peter to Peterborough. And Peter Hartley, what, what you saw was what you got. Big, physical, strong centre-back, wise heart on his sleeve. Perfect. Went on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, Jordan, can you give me yours, please? Yeah, I've gone for um, for Jack Baldwin uh, and Peter Hartley. Um, just to echo everything that Tom really said about Baldwin, I'm quite surprised he's he's playing for Salford, but um, he did have he did have a big knee injury when he was at Peterborough. He was captain there, uh, and I think there was a few rumours that there was Championship and Premier League clubs looking at him. Um, so th- I think he's wasted at Sunderland. You know, I don't think they appreciate him like he he should be appreciated because as we all know. He's a class act, and it's a shame he had that knee injury. Hopefully, he can he can um, he can use that time at Salford to really pick himself back up and get to where he belongs. Yeah, I mean, I think those two centre halves that we've just chosen, they've gone on to bigger and better things. I mean, initially with Baldwin, he went to Peterborough, he did well there, and then he got his move to Sunderland. Yeah. Um, and then obviously he's been sent out on loan to Salford now, which he's not that standard. He's a much better player than that. But Peter Hartley, I think I'm right in saying he's currently captain of Motherwell, and I think he's he was a quality player, and I don't think he was appreciated as fully as as classy was as a player um, in blue and white for us. He was, he was solid most weeks. Yes, he could be a bit of a hothead and, you know, but he had fight and passion um, whenever he wore the pool shirt. Yeah. I think, um, especially with Hart, he was sold for pennies. We should have at least got about a quarter of a million for him. He was, he was really impressive. Obviously captain doesn't a few times as well, but you know, I'd, again, he may have been underrated because obviously the time the club was on a slow decline, wasn't it? Yeah. So going on to the right midfield, I've gone with one of the best players I've ever seen in my time supporting them. Obviously, I've only been following pools since 2008, but Nathan Thomas, he just beat his man, he ran at everyone. I mean, the game at Morecambe when we won 5-2 is just untouchable. I'll never forget that goal at Grimsby either, um, where he lobbed the keeper, and I think that got on Sky Sports goal of the day. So I've gone for Nathan Thomas on the right. Tom, can I have yours, please? Yeah, I've gone with yeah, Nathan gone. Thomas also. That that Grimsby goal that you mentioned there is a, a definitely a fond memory that I have of um, involving him. I think he was he was a really exciting player to watch. 
Um, he, yeah, I was again wasn't surprised to to see him go on to to bet things when he was snapped up by Sheffield United. But then also, as I've said about Baldwin, I was I'm surprised to see him now. I'm, I'm not quite sure where he's at now. Is he is he I think back in the National League possibly or League Two? I, I can't Carlisle. Remember now. Carlisle. Carlisle. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that he's not pushed on a bit more because, as as, as you said there, Jack. I think he was a really exciting player to watch, and um, he could cause cause absolute chaos for defenses. He could um, always take on and beat his man. So he was um, a really exciting player to have in your team, and somebody could always make something happen. And yeah, as as time went on, he, he really added to his game, and he he started adding a, a lot of goals to his game, um, as, as we saw. I think it was about midway through the the, the relegation season. He he scored. Um, five or six goals in consecutive games, I think. Um, and, yeah, so re- really enjoyed really enjoyed watching him at Pools, and I was sad to see him go as well, but um, I wasn't all that surprised, given that, um, the talent that he showed during the time with us. Perfect. Thanks for that. Davo? Yeah, I've actually changed my mind from my original decision. I've also gone with Nathan Thomas. Um, originally, it was James Brown, but... After a careful reflection, Nathan Thomas is well worth that decision. And a couple of other players who I thought of, Lewis Alessandra, mm. even Jack, even Jack Compton, despite yeah, his, despite his attitude, I, I I think his football ability was second to none. And so yeah, Nathan Thomas for me. Thanks. And then Jordan can have yours, please. Yeah, um, full house for Nathan Thomas on this one. Perfect. Right, let's go on to left of midfield. Again, I changed my mind from when I've been thinking over it, um, and I've gone for Andy Monkhouse on the left. Uh, I forgot what a significant impact he had. Um, he used to beat his man, get some good balls into the box, and he was actually quite pacey. So I've gone with Andy Monkhouse on the left. Can I have yours, please, Tom? Yeah, same same for me, Jack. Um, I think for for a long period of time, he was he was a really important player for us. He chipped in with with quite a few goals and um, he, he was often a, a real focal point in the side. He was a, was a uh, target from set set pieces and, and whatnot because with his uh, tall and uh, tall and well-built stature. Mm. So, yeah, no, I, again, another player that I, I loved having at the Vic and um, I, I would love to have somebody like that again playing for us. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely Andy, Andy Munkhouse for me. Perfect. Davo, who have you gone for, mate? Andy Monkhouse, again, worked wonders on the left-hand side. Repeat, repeat what I said earlier, especially with Evan Harwood. Um, them two just dream team on the left-hand side. So Perfect. And then, Jordan, can I have yours, please? Yeah, no surprises again. Another full house, I'll go for Andy Monkhouse. Another full house. Right, into central midfield. I've gone for two club legends and two players that I really looked up to. Tony Sweeney and Richie Humphreys get my vote. I think they're just solid, quality, old-school midfielders. Um, did the job, chipped in when needed, and yeah, I can't look past them. Tom, can I have yours, please? Yeah, so I've gone with two players who I would also describe as club leg- legends. One, one of them, uh, the, the same as, as your selection in the form of Sweeney, but then I've gone with, with Liddell for his, his midfield partner. Um, it does does feel a bit um, a bit harsh leaving Humphreys out of this. However, I think uh, Little and Little and Sweeney, uh, particularly in, in the 2010 to 2020 decade, were were really uh, really good important players for us, and um, both contributed uh, a lot of assists and goals during that time. So yeah, they I think got a nice nice mix between them as well, of sort of tough tough tackling creativity. Um, and, and work rate all in there, so I think yeah that that would be that would be my two in there. Perfect. And then Davo, please can have your two. Yeah. So firstly, Anthony Sweeney, who Tom, Jack, you just hit the nail on the head. I don't have to justify why. And secondly, which might come as a bit of a shock after listening to some of the suggestions there, I've got for Nicky Feverson. And I just think before this period under Dave Chaloner. Yeah, I just yeah. Fair enough. I understand. Oh, Jordan, who have you gone for, mate? 
Yeah, um, I've went for for Sweeney and Little um, as, as well as Tom. I think, especially that 2011-2012 season, I think both of the midfield, it was it was a great partnership. Obviously, um, Little could read the game really well. Sweeney had great energy and I for goal, but they both chipped in over a couple of goals. But for me, I think one of the reasons that we got relegated um, in 2013 was the failure to replace Gary Little. Mm. Um, obviously, he was obviously the... The, the anchor in that midfield and he was he was a big loss obviously Simon Walton had big boots to fill didn't quite didn't quite do it but for me I definitely have uh, Sweeney and Little in that midfield it, it is it, harsh to leave Humphreys out but um, yeah I think the, one of the reasons we got relegated was we didn't replace Gary Little Fair enough so now going up up front I've gone with Padre Gamond and James Brown both of them I don't think they need much explanation knew where the goal was gave everything I know Podge left under a bit of a cloud but for me who can blame him wanting to wanting to move on um he's such a class player and he's proved that he's been scoring um goals for Newport left right and center and I think he scored against Spurs and perhaps I don't know whether he scored again against a big team in in the FA Cup but yeah for me I just couldn't look past them obviously there's a couple of other options uh Scotty Fennick did quite well um and Billy Painter was a class act but for me it had to be James Brown and Padraig Amond who have you gone for Tom? So I've gone for two different options to you on this one Jack um I've gone with Billy Painter um, I think he was a, a really good addition by Ronnie Moore. I think um, he was given captaincy straight away when he came in and uh, he got us a few important goals that season. I think he led the line really, really well and I, I felt like he really endeared himself to the supporters as well. Um, I think, yeah, I, 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 he was a player that, um, as I say, led the line really well, good leader. And uh, alongside him, I've gone with, with Luke James, Um as, as we know, he's been to, into second spell now with with Pools. And uh, if I look at his, his career with Pools, sort of holistically across the two spells, I think he's he's got as a, a, a fair a fair few goals as, as Jordan touched upon earlier. Um, he say possibly could have had more. We possibly um, would have liked him to to have got more. And um, but now with with Challoner being, hopefully we will see him hit the back of the net a bit more often. But no, just for his overall work rate and graft and he's he's always seems to be proud to wear the shirt and will will run his heart out for for the for the club um so yeah no definitely I th- and I think as well actually if um, those two were to ever link up as 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 a as a strike as a strike partnership I don't think that would ever happen now but uh, I do think they'd actually complement each other quite well so yeah painter and painter and James is, is my front two thanks for that Tom Davo who have you gone for Firstly, I've gone for Podge. Um, as we've said repeatedly, he knew where the net was. And yeah. Secondly, um, again, this was quite difficult, but secondly, I've gone for Jordan Hugo. Uh, four goals in eight appearances on loan. And if I'm right, did he score on that game against Exeter? Yeah, that's correct, mate. Hugo and him on for me. Thanks for that. And then Jordan, can I have yours, please? Yeah, so I'll start with um, Billy Painter, um, especially that 2015-16 season. Um, really hit the ground running. Uh, great focal point for us, great leader. Um, I bet it was, with Painter, obviously we, we saw his impact on the field, but I bet his, his impact in the dressing room and on the training ground was was just as big. Um, players like that, obviously, the, the great assets. Um, and obviously, I think everybody took to Billy Painter and, and he, he'll... His time at the club, especially the first season, um, will be a fond memory for most. Um, alongside him, um, again, agreeing with Tom, Luke James, especially from his, his first stint at the club, um, when he, he came on the scene, and of one, he's hit the ground running, really taken to the fans, the fans have got behind him. Um, and he had that bit of magic. Uh, obviously, he came back for the second spell. Yes, goals, there can be an issue, but when you've got a player who was, who was going to... It was going to top all the running statistics for the club and, and, and cover the ground that you need to. And you know, he, he's another great asset for us. Like I said, I, I would keep him. Um, I'd like to see him get more goals, but his contribution to the team is another one. You'd, we, we've struggled about his contribution, so I'd, I'd, def, I'd go for for Billy Painter and Luke James as my my strikers. 
Right, well, that leaves a tie between Hodge and Luke James for the final space up top. I'm struggling to decide how we are going to sort this out. Um, I mean, they've both obviously done a lot for the club in the time. Um, I mean, personally, it'd be Podge for me based on purely his goals. He's a striker. He knows where the goal is and he gets goals week in, week out. Um, and I see Luke James as more of... His, on his on his goal-scoring record um, for, for pools, I definitely think um, he would give him, give him the edge based on that. Um, however, as I said, regarding Luke James, I think work rate wise he's he's always been fantastic and uh, that's 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 really um added to his game massively and um yes yeah, so i know it is it is a real it is a real tough one i think in terms of in terms of luke luke james i think i'd probably have to give him the vote just because um as as you mentioned earlier about um Ammon leaving under a bit of a cloud i think that did leave a bit of a bit of taste in the mouth not i'm not entirely sure what went on there and um, so it's difficult to comment too far but I, I would have to stick with with Luke James personally um, just because I think he's been a, a great service to the club over over a, a longer a longer spell of time um, albeit two two spells. I've just seen Jordan you've just told us I think Luke James is it right 31 goals and Podge 14 in his time at Pools? Yeah, I mean that, that's a telling statistic. The fact that Podge only had one season, um, yeah. But obviously yeah. Luke, Luke James has racked up the appearances. I think he's got 193. Um, so if he stayed fit this season, he was on course to get his, his 200th appearance. But um, in terms of goals for games, I think Podge uh, is, is running clear on this one. Right. So who do you think we should go for then, Jordan? I, I don't. See, the issue is everyone's going to stay true to their initial answer and I'm going to do the exact same. I'm going to go for Luke James. Um, just for his loyalty, this, this is going to contradict myself massively, isn't it? Saying he's loyal to the club after what went on in 2014, but you know, to come back and, and put the shift in it, he has. Um, see, the, the question mark's always going to be of his goals, isn't it? See, uh, where Podge was more of a, a natural finisher, he knew where to be. You know, yeah. some, of, some of the goals he scored. Did he score? There was an obscene one he scored against Morecambe, I remember, from a really tight angle. Yeah. Um, see, I'm slightly leaning towards Podge now. I think I've taught myself out of uh, out of Luke James. He'd still get in my team in a decade, but in terms of, of goal scoring ability and, you know, goals per game, Podge yeah. runs, runs away for it. But as you say, it's, it's the fact he left. Well, both of them left on, on, on quite bad terms, didn't they? I mean, I think as an out-and-out striker, we should go for Podge. But Luke J, I, I really, I'm really struggling to decide on this. But I think Podge personally. Jordan, is there any way we can change your mind on this? Right. This is going to be extremely harsh, right? The one game that I've seen Podge and Painter play, you know, two up top was that Morecambe game. And for 45 minutes, we absolutely battered them. Yeah. So is that is that is that was managing to persuade you? Do you know what? I, I, yeah, go on. Then. We'll we'll stick just just to. Uh, I'll sit on the fence. I'll go for Podge. We'll we'll stick Podge in there. Sorry, Tom. No, go on. I, I think you've I think you've made some some valid valid arguments there, and on, on the basis that at the end of the day, strike. Strikers are there to score goals, and looking at the the goals per game ratio, there's, there's only one winner there, and that's Ammon hands down. And I think I just look back to the season that Ammon played, and of course that was, well, arguably the worst season in our history because it was the season that ended in relegation from the football league. Um, so I think that's also why I, you know, look back to to his time with the club. With, with not too much fondness mm. <laughs> but um, as I say I, I wouldn't be massively upset with with putting Podge in there because as you say he, he did play really well with Painter on those rare occasions he did play so therefore that would work nicely if 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 Painter's going to be the other striker but then as well at the end of the day as I say strikers are s- supposed to score goals and in a, in a poor relegated team to get 14 goals from I think thirty odd appearances, 
that's yeah. that's quite a good return. So yeah, it, I I have I have no no gripes in in yeah putting Podge in there next to Painter. Right. Okay then. So I've written down the votes here. So we'll have a run through the team. In goal we've got Trevor Carson. We've got Peter Kiosha at right back. Peter Hartley centre back with Jack Baldwin and Evan Horde at left back. In midfield we've got Nathan Thomas and Andy Munkhouse on the left with Tony Sweeney and Gary Liddell in midfield. Then up front, we have got Padraig Amond and Billy Painter. That's a pretty good team, if you ask me. I think that wins League 2 every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning into this episode. Special thanks going to the lads for joining me and putting this together. The initial plan was just to do a season review when possible, but there may be one more special episode keep your eyes out for that thanks for all the support since the podcast has been going it's greatly appreciated and hopefully this is something that can be carried on for the foreseeable future until next time keep the faith and never say die Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.